Hi, I'm Maeve Marston, and you're listening to the podcast of Queer Stories, an LGBTQI storytelling night hosted at Giant Dwarf in Redfern. This week on Queer Stories, my girlfriend Hannah Gadsby. Oh, sorry, sorry, I misread that. It says famous comedian with whom I have no personal connection. <laughs> Hannah Gadsby. That joke felt like a funny thing to write at home before I remembered she'd actually be here to hear it. Um, look, she's a fucking national treasure and I am stoked she could fit us in. Hannah Gadsby. Hi. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Maeve. Uh, when you mentioned that I was your girlfriend, for a moment I thought, fuck, I'm vague. <laughs> Currently I'm on tour with a comedy show um, that's just from beginning to end, whoa, full of whoa. Uh, so, <laughs> so tonight I thought, I'm going to tell a not sad story. <laughs> Fuck, that took some digging. <laughs> I had to go back till I was five. <laughs> and I know it's queer stories, but I believe that, you know, you know you're not normal early on. It's not to do, it's not about sexuality, it's like, oh. <laughs> By the time I was born, my family had already established itself. Hamish had been the youngest child, but once I arrived, he and I just joined forces and became known as the little kids. Our older siblings, Justin, Jessica and Benjamin were known as the big kids. Although given the fact that we're all born within nine years of each other, nobody's big. <laughs> the two years between Hamish and I were the bane of my existence for most of my childhood. As a grown up, this kind of age gap means absolutely nothing, but back then it was literally a lifetime. I was too young to even understand that there was a difference and in many ways we were treated pretty much the same. I was a larger than average girl and he was a smaller than average boy. We had the same mouse brown hair and we were often mistaken as twins. For many years I thought we were twins. I just believed Hamish was superior because I'd been born with some kind of brain damage. Not only could he walk before me, but he understood long division years before I even knew that the times table wasn't a fancy piece of furniture. <laughs> I wanted everything Hamish had. I wanted his confidence, I wanted his skills, and I wanted his ease in the world. But most of all, I coveted his toilet-dwelling imaginary friend, Siffin Soffin. <laughs> Recently, I was reunited with a book I'd written about Sif and Soffin when I was in grade three. I'd called it 
How Siphon Soften Became Friendly with the Dragon. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> what an idiot. Why would you put a spoiler in the title? Why would you bother reading a book when you already know that no matter how dramatic the narrative twists might be, Sif and Soften and the Dragon will eventually end up on pretty good terms? Surely I'd read some fairy tales and noticed that they weren't called things like How the Woodsman Chopped a Wolf in the Guts to Save Little Red Riding Hood Part 1. I'm stumped by the part one factor too. <laughs> Clearly I had an epic in mind with that title. I never got around to writing the second instalment, but one might assume I would have left the reader with a cliffhanger to whet their appetite for part two. Nope. <laughs> At the end of part one, Sif and Soften and his new dragon pal wave us a happy goodbye from the pleasant shores of Holiday Island. <laughs> No wonder I never got round to writing part two. I was clearly out of ideas. I couldn't even think of a name for an island beyond the singular activity I had invented the island for. <laughs> Perhaps you might be tempted to read the book just to find out who this Sif and Soften character is, but I wouldn't bother because I really didn't make that clear. Judging from my accompanying drawings, Sif and Soften began as a little red goat. But by the end of the story, he had shape-shifted into an orange squiggle. Because I was bored of drawing. And had also presumably lost the red pencil. My drawings are not to be trusted. Sif and Soffin was neither a red goat nor squiggle. According to Hamish, Sif and Soffin was a tiny Carlton football player <laughs> who lived in the toilet with his friend Kinnawin. <laughs> when this little book returned to me not so long ago, I was surprised by how familiar it was. I'd barely given it a thought for decades, yet when I held it, I was inundated with a cluster of memories I didn't even know I had. I'm not talking about repressed memories. They didn't return with a shocking jolt. They just quietly worked their way to the front of my thought queue as if they'd never left. I remembered being really jealous of Hamish's imaginary friends. I used to try so hard to get them to be my friends. <laughs> I'd get so sad when they wouldn't even talk to me. I did not know they were imaginary. I just thought Hamish had cool friends who refused to talk to me. Just like at school. After it was explained to me that these friends were imagined, I asked Hamish if I was allowed to imagine them too. He said, no. <laughs> but when he saw how upset I was, he relented and said that I could have Kinnawin. <laughs> I didn't want Kinnawin. 
I only really wanted Sif and Soffin, whom I had imagined was a small red goat. I thought I could sometimes hear clip-clopping on the S-Bend. <laughs> I hated Kinnowin so much, I couldn't even begin to imagine her a bodily form. <laughs> I rejected his offer. And decided to just imagine my own friends and make Hamish jealous. And then he would want to swap. And so for a few months, I could be seen galloping around on my horse, Sergeant, whilst chatting to my good friend, Mr. Dog. Mr. Dog was a dog I had obviously named in the tradition of Holiday Island. failed at making Hamish jealous of my imaginary friends, and rightly so, I did not even like them. <laughs> and I felt like such an idiot for inventing such large friends. They didn't fit into the bathroom, and I still didn't have anyone to talk to on the toilet. <laughs> I couldn't sustain my friends for very long, so I thought I would try my luck with Hamish again. But he told me that he didn't really see them anymore. I don't doubt that it was the sight of his little sister galloping around the house like a dickhead that prompted him to phase out his own imaginary friends. When I asked if he knew where they were, he told me that they were in heaven, helping God. Throughout my childhood and well into my adulthood, I worshipped Hamish. Sometimes it felt, and painfully so, that he deliberately abused the power he had over me. But when I remember episodes like this, I now know this is simply can't be true of a small boy who not only assumed that God would need the help of tiny cult and football players, <laughs> but also felt such levels of loneliness that when he went to the toilet, he invented friends he could talk to and poo on. <laughs> he clearly had his own issues. I'm now going to read the story for you. Uh, how Sif and Soften became friends. You like if I don't know what's going to happen, don't get too excited. <laughs> like that now. But in it, you'll see there are some queer clues. <laughs> it's actually, it's a blueprint from a personality, actually. It's, uh... One day, Mrs. Soften had an egg. Not again, said Mr. Soften. Oh, it was a mistake. The next day, the egg hatched. Still a mystery to me how it actually worked. But the next day, the egg hatched, and out popped their baby. They couldn't decide on what to name their new baby. What about Kinnowen, said Mr. Soffin. No, that's a stupid name, said Mrs. Soffin. <laughs> Finally, they agreed that Siffin was a good name. That night, while everyone was sleeping, Siffin woke up and drank all the lemonade and ate all the chilli. In the morning, Mr. Soffin woke up and saw that all the jelly and lemonade had gone missing. Oh, well, we'll just have, just have to have pizza and cake for breakfast. <laughs> this is living. The Soffins decided to move to a bigger house. They looked all over the land and there was only one pretty one with a garden. <laughs>
and house. It was a cave. <laughs> I, clearly I'd had enough of optimism. I'm like, nah, fucking shit's got to go down here. They went and explored the back of the cave. It was full of snakes. They caught the softens and took them outside and stopped at a guillotine. They tied Mr. Soffin up and cut off his head. When I wrote this, the teacher was very impressed. And I got a sticker from the vice, vice principal. It was a little pink panther holding a pen that was writing, well done. <laughs> Why wasn't I given counselling? <laughs> All the years passed until Siphon was big and strong. One day, the snakes were going to hang mother. I mean... <laughs> Siphon broke through the bars to stop the snakes that were going to hang her, but it was too late. <laughs> Classic. Classic orphan yarns. Siphon ran away as fast as he could. Siphon found a ship on the shore and got on but the ship was cut in half by sharks. <laughs> he held onto the side of the boat and kicked and kicked and kicked and kicked until all the sharks were dead and the sea was mostly blood. <laughs> he was near China. So he swam to shore. The Chinamen pulled him out and they invited Siphon to eat with them. You'll fight the champion tomorrow, they said. Siphon was very scared, but the food was delicious. Siphon had to fight the great champion of China, <laughs> the big barn shed. I remember the teacher made me change that. I had him as the big brick shithouse. <laughs> Both not very Chinese. The bell rang. Start, shouted the starter. Big barn shed ran towards Siphon who kicked him in the mouth. Blood came out and he fell down dead. <laughs> Siphon was very tired after his fight. <laughs> I just read ahead. Fuck. Siphon was very tired after his fight and fell into a deep sleep after a meal of honey, chicken, and prawn crackers. <laughs> He dreamt about being a dog again. Again. There was a 
crash bang splat and there was a monster sitting on a brick of the china wall he took siphon to a strange land it was full of creatures just like siphon family there was uncle joe cousin andrew and grandma Grandma said, we're going on a holiday to Hooky Pokey. <laughs> Hooky Pokey. Andrew, get some clothes to Siphon. <laughs> Aiming up until then. <laughs> Apparently I got halfway through going, fuck, he's not wearing any. <laughs> I'd better write that in. Better draw attention to that. Andrew got siffing some clothes, but they were too small. The only thing that fitted siffing was a dress. Siffin felt very uncomfortable in the dress. The next day, on their way to Hooky Pooky, Siffin was run over by a bus. <laughs> Joe called an ambulance. The ambulance man said, can you hop on both legs? It's called a jump, mate, but anyway. I'm heckling my own imagined fucking... Sif and tried, but it really hurt. You've definitely broken your leg, mate. Said the ambulance man. He rubbed on some Vicks vapor rub. and put a plaster on Siphon's leg. There you go. You can go on your holiday now. When they got to Hooky Pooky, they found a dragon. The dragon ate Grandma Joe and Andrew. He looked at Siphon. Hi, said Siphon. Hi, said the dragon. They shook hands. <laughs> the dragon got a magic kettle and said, take Siphon and I to where nobody lives. Siphon and the dragon landed on an island called Holiday Island and there was lots and lots of food. The end. Thank you very much. Tickets for the next Queer Stories on the Giant Dwarf website. And for discount tickets to the show, donate to my crowdfunding at patreon.com slash ladysingsitbetter. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.